All right. It is Friday. And as you know, we always do a Friday financial news wrap up with my good friend, Mr. Michael Zuber. How are you, Michael? I'm doing great, Ty. Thank you for moving this. People don't realize you were very gracious, allowed me to move this an hour. So thank you very much for that. You always accommodate me as well. So we're always, you know, working simpatico here. So there you go. I, I appreciate it. So let's get right into it. It's mm-hmm. interesting too, the like how CPI, PPI, PCE, mm-hmm. all the different little um, abbreviations and shortened terms. Let's talk about CPI and PPI this week. What, what yeah. happened there? So again, folks, inflation is real. CPI stands for Consumer Price Index. It's probably the indicator that most average citizens look at uh, because it has food and gas and rent and uh, clothing and just all those things. It, it is probably the, it's not a great measure, but it's the one that we probably look at the most together. And it came in hot. It came in higher than expected. It's the fourth month in a row over 5%. Uh, it was came in at 5.4%. The thing to really think about CPI though, is it's not going to get any better. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. CPI, the last four or five months, people have been pointing at and going, hey, look, used cars. Hey, look, airline tickets. And yeah, there were some discombobulation in the numbers early on. But what we have now is food, gas, rent. And these things are not getting better. Uh, for example, rent is just the most obvious example. Rent uh, across the country is up at least 8, 9, 10, and sometimes 12 or 13%. Rent as of right now in the latest CPI numbers, which came out Tuesday of this week, have rent going up 1.3%. So the only thing I can tell you is rent has to start rippling through. It's going to have a disproportionate impact. Rent or rent equivalent is at least 30% of CPI. So if that's going up 2, 3, 4% in the next couple of months, CPI is going to be ugly and ugly is anything north of 5%. So it is, uh, it is the seventies. We are in that uh, early innings of the seventies, as I've said. So um, CPI was not a good number. Yeah. It's interesting. We've talked about the seventies too, and the correlations and some of the similarities and such. So um, let's talk about PPI to explain what, what is PPI and what's going on there? Yeah. So PPI is like producer price index. So that, again, think companies buying raw materials, they do stuff and then they create finished goods. What's consumers buy? Consumers don't, they're not, they're, they're not buying inputs, right? You're not buying the material to make a car. You buy a car. PPI is, was up 8%. So the companies buying stuff, are having to spend on average 8% more. Hence, you know, finished goods are going to go up. There's just a delay. So inflation is not getting any better. And oh, by the way, PPI in China, they, they calculate it differently, but it's the same thing. It's right. It's what companies are paying for raw material was up over 10%. Wow. So this inflation picture is, it's going to, it's going to be around all year. It will be around most, if not all of next year. It is not a pretty picture. It is certainly not transitory. It is going to cause the Fed to react and react faster than they want. It's coming. When you say the Fed to react, explain to the to the audience and the mm-hmm. listeners and viewers, what does that Fed reaction look like in your, in your estimation? They're, they're going to start tapering next month, November. They are going to taper faster than they want. And they are going to raise interest rates next year. 
if you've been watching my channel and having our weekly discussions, I told you months and maybe a year ago that I expected the Fed to be forced to raise rates into 2022. It's going to happen. And it, the interesting thing about when I started talking about 2022 is the Fed was saying 2025, and then it was 2024. And now currently the Fed is saying 2023. I'm here to tell you it's 2022. The only question is, is it the summer or is it April, right? It might be April. It's probably right now. My best guess is June, July. Uh, the Fed is the Fed has a problem. They took their eye off inflation. They made unemployment their number one goal. Uh, and you can't have two goals, right? It can't be, you know, one A and one B. You only have one main goal. They've chosen to focus on unemployment and inflation got away and they can't do anything about it right now. It's, it's going to be a problem for a while. Very interesting. Very interesting. So let's continue. It's, it, it's, you've been talking about this for so long mm -hmm. and it's just so refreshing that um, the level of confidence and certainty I have doing the show with you and then even the audience, the listeners, the people that participate with you in your program, your course, mm -hmm. the people involved in our masterminds and such. Um, it's just so refreshing to see how things have begun to unfold. And yet we've been talking about these mm -hmm. things for basically the last three, six, nine, yeah. 12 months. So. Well, that's, that's why I do a daily show, right? Information is changing all the time. Um, you know, I put it out there all the, I don't hide them. Right. I, I've been wrong a lot, but, uh, I'm, I'm on a pretty good hot streak right now for being right. So, but all the data is there, right? You can just go back and watch. What did Zuber say on January 15th? What did he say on March 3rd? What did he say on this? What did he say on that? It's all there for you. So, you know, go back and see what was going on that day. It's pretty cool. It's interesting too, when you talk about being wrong, and I just want to self-correct here a little bit, is that when you talk about being wrong, it was, it was very minor subtleties about yeah. maybe inventory, you know, inventory jumping a lot. It didn't quite jump to the level, which again, benefit us though, because yeah. we're looking at it. And as property investors and property owners, we've benefited. Yeah. I talked about 2 million homes, I think for six months before it was called, we got there and it was like 1.32. So it didn't double. It only went up 35%. Eh, I took a shot, missed. It's okay. Still, still directionally correct. Absolutely. I, I just want to make, <laughs> I, I would say you're very, very on point in, in studying the day, what's going on. So uh, I appreciate let's that. Talk, let's talk about unemployment. What, what's going on there? Yeah. So we've been, unemployment claims come out every Thursday. I think it's 630 or 6 a.m. Pacific, not, not Eastern Pacific. And uh, for the first time since this crisis, we had new unemployment claims break below 300,000. First time in 16, 17, 18 months. So it's a psychological number. We've gotten close, but never broke below. So that's a good thing. Uh, still, job growth is anemic, right? Job creation was like 286 last month when they expected 500. There's a big talk about where the 5 million jobs go. Um, I just did some research this morning, right, on, on jobs because like, but you can't really tell what's going on. And I won't bore you with all the numbers I captured, but the one that I want to highlight, where did my notes go? Ah, it's on this piece of paper. 3.6 million folks retired in the last 16 months. That's wow. people that they were likely baby boomers. They were close. They just chose now was the time. Uh, and also, again, to talk about inflation, uh, just restaurant wages, the average restaurant wage has gone up 12.7% in the last eight months. So again, inflation is real. It's a problem. And again, 5 million jobs vanished. Well, 3.6 of them were retirees. So uh, there's, there's a pretty good story for where all the jobs went. 
That's great. It's interesting you pay attention. I, I love that you pay attention to those, those details. So let's talk about retail sales. Yeah, retail sales was the big number of the week. This was the number, right? Every Sunday I talk about what's the big number of the week. Retail sales was it. The expectation was for retail sales to contract. Basically, we stopped giving away people money. We thought that they would uh, you know, retreat. The Delta virus, all this stuff was going on. We thought the investors would retreat. The American consumer is strong. Not only did we not retreat, we went up. I want to be right here. I have the numbers from this morning. 15.6% year on year. So again, we were expecting a contraction. The retail sales expanded. So the consumer is doing great. Uh, Citigroup says credit card spending is up 20%. Wells Fargo says debit transactions are up every month on month for the last year. So the consumer in general is strong. Savings is up. Uh, so again, uh, if you were looking for retail sales to point to a contraction, you were greatly, uh, you were off. Uh, and not only did we not contract, but we expanded. That's good news. Mm -hmm. That's good news. So let's talk about um, one of the Wall Street giants, you know, <laughs> one of the masters of the universe, Goldman yeah. Sachs. They had some interesting news this week. Tell us about that. Yeah, Goldman Sachs came out with a number that every once in a while I read a report and I just read it the first time and I'm like, that can't be right. And then I think about it for a day or two and I'm like, oh my God, they might be right. And this is what happened with this number. So on Wednesday, I think it came out. It might've been Tuesday. Goldman Sachs says, you haven't seen anything yet with real estate. Uh, average real estate over the last year across the country is up roughly speaking 20%. That's a crazy number, crazy number. And Goldman's like, ain't seen nothing yet. We're doing 16% next year. And I looked at that and went, Wow, 16 on top of a 20. I don't know. That doesn't, that feels kind of nutty to me. And I did a video, I did a live stream going, you know, I don't often disagree with Goldman. I think they got this one wrong. I'm like, maybe five to eight. But I thought about it. I talked with other experts in the market. And now I think Goldman might be low. I think it might be another 16 to 20% next year. It's, it's just set up. We have low inventory still. We have government incentives coming to first-time home buyers. We have still remarkably low interest rates. We might announce a 40-year mortgage. All of these things are setting up to just be more demand, more demand, more demand. And yeah, we might see another 15 or 16%. And again, I don't want to see it because you get so nutty of unaffordability gets to be a problem, but it could happen. I'm with you. And it's interesting. It's such a subtle, it's such a subtle thing that we've talked about, but it has been talked about throughout the year where it just feels a lot like the 1970s. Yeah. And it we've does. said that, and it was kind of a theme. He did the 50 year report that yeah. video is out there, right? So they can, yeah, it is. Oh yeah. I even give it away. I put it in my free course. It's so valuable. Right. Yeah. So good. 50 years of research and looking from 1970 to basically today yeah. and showing what interest rates the correlation of interest rates and appreciation and wages, wages 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 were the eye opener yeah wages so good so good so definitely people need to pay attention to that i agree with you and it it looks like i've looked at reports from like fanny freddie and kind of a bunch of different uh government or gs gses where they're saying five to eight percent and i kind of was thinking that as well 
But again, it definitely feels like 1970. And I think inventory is, is really still going to stay low in the next year. So I would agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting times. Let's talk about, speaking of inventory, something that's such a hot button. <laughs> every, guru, every guru, every influencer on YouTube and social that's in the real estate space, they're beating the drum of foreclosures, foreclosures, <laughs> foreclosures, foreclosures. What's going on there? I've been telling folks for a long time, this is a big fat nothing burger, but now the numbers are coming out. And if a channel wants to be, wants to exaggerate, they're going to say things like the following. Ty, did you know, I want to be exact, so I have the notes in front of me, that foreclosure starts in Q3 went up 32%. Ty, foreclosures went up 67% year on year. These are scary numbers, right? 32, 67. If that's all you hear, you're going to think the real estate market is crashing. However, the truth is in the details. So here's the deal. Last month, we started 25,209 foreclosures. Started, not foreclosed. A foreclosure start does not make a foreclosure. Not everybody gets that. Roughly 50 to 60% of the foreclosure starts don't become foreclosures. There's a process. People sell, people refi, they get family help, they get a new job, whatever. A foreclosure start does not equal foreclosure. So we had 25,209 foreclosure starts last month. If you have no history or context, you're like, sounds like a big number to me. Market's going to fall apart. Well, did you know that in September of 2019, right? Why is that important? No pandemic, no more moratoriums, nothing. We had just over 40,000 foreclosure starts. Hmm. So 25,000 is 40% lower than 40,000. So yes, 25,209 is not great, but it's not 40,000. And then because you and I have been doing this a lot, the average foreclosure starts in 2006 were just under 200,000 a month. So we're we're not even we're basically 10% of that crazy. Yeah. So these YouTube channels that are saying the foreclosure crisis is going to be as big as last time are unfathomably wrong. It's it's it is ludicrous to compare 25,209 with 200,000. It's uh it's not even close. Yeah, I would agree with you. And, you know, it's interesting because I'm working on several pre-foreclosure deals where they're like trustee sales and things like that. And I'm seeing and I'm scratching my head trying to figure it out. But it's true. They the the banks and lending institutions continue to extend and pretend. Yeah, they basically kick the can down the road. I've seen so many postponements. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, that I want to throw out this subtlety that you know, somebody could have a trustee sale for next week and they get the postponement and they're like, oh, this is so wonderful. But the truth is, is that that clock and that meter is still running. They're still getting daily interest. Daily. They're still getting attorney fees and trustees fees and all of these things and forced impound accounts and things like that. So ultimately, in my opinion, a lot of these homeowners actually, they basically self-sabotage themselves by extending but ultimately you're right the banks are not aggressive in foreclosing right now and in fact it's the opposite they're ultra non-aggressive yeah if there's any hope if there's any hope for that homeowner 
they will throw on a 40-year mortgage. They will add the interest as a second. This is so different than last time. Last time you got 90 days late last time, you were 90, I want to be, I think it was 94% certain you were going to lose the home. Do we have people that are a year late now and they're being saved? So it is vastly different than last time. Banks banks will bend over backwards not to foreclose. Last time, they were they were foreclosing left and right. Very different. I have two files specifically within this last 30 days backwards and going forward a couple of a couple of weeks where the people haven't made payments in more than 2 years. <laughs> and it's just literally the bank keeps kicking the can down the road. Yeah. And it's funny that, that, unfortunately, this is the sad part is that the property owner actually believes like, oh, that it'll just keep going. And at some, it's, and we're trying to make a deal and like, hey, we can put money in your pocket, get a fresh start, all those things. So it's an interesting time, but ultimately the market is not going to get flooded with foreclosures. If you're waiting for that, if you're following people like Ken McElroy or some of these guys that are out there you know, beating the drum that you're going to see this big wave of foreclosures. It's just not real. Would you agree, Michael? No, I mean, it's not only not real. It's just, it's at this point, it's lying, right? Black Knight, which is often recorded, uh, cited as the source for tracking all these foreclosures. I think we peaked at 4.2 million uh, people in mortgage forbearance. They've now processed out 3.3 million people. So 75%, 1%. 1% of 3.7 million folks ended in a short sale deed in lieu or foreclosure. That means 99% of them resolved at yeah. the homeowner staying. Yeah. It's not coming. Not, not happening, but not, not big wave. Nope. Thank you, Michael, for all that you do. It was a great show. I just want to, again, here it is. Here's the book. I've ordered my book. I know it's coming. I got a hard copy now of this one. Oh, you got a hard? Yeah, I got a hard copy. Yeah, I just got them yesterday. It's pretty cool. That's legit. I love yeah. it. So there's the hard copy and the soft copy and the new book. Do you have the new book? You can. I do. Yes, right here. I just got my shipment today. I got a. I bought 75 of these today. Obviously, this isn't here, but yeah. I it's... love it. So the new book is out. It's released. You can find it mm-hmm. on Amazon. If you're already, if you have the book. If you have the first book, if you're getting a lot of value from this YouTube channel, please go on to Amazon, give Michael, give one rental at a time, a five-star review. Thank you. Um, go to the website as well. He's got one of the best value courses. Oh, yeah. It should be a thousand bucks, 1500 bucks. People have, I've actually had coaches tell me I should raise it to $999 or 997 yeah. or something, but I just don't, I'm not here to make money. I just want to, I want to help as many people as I can. So 299 seems fair to me. I love it. So Check him out one rental at a time. Thank you for all that you do, Michael. Have a great weekend. Thanks, buddy.